in your corner, nerd. <laughs> Down on the corner. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Nerd Corner. I'm John D. She's not John Hammond, because John Boy's off with polio. Unfortunately, I... the recording equipment doesn't play well with his iron lung, so you're stuck with me, Rachel yes. Sober. Yes, I yeah, didn't want to get into it because I couldn't work out which of your four last names you were going to use, so I figured you could do your own intro. Ever the gentleman. Oh, well, you know, strong feminist type. You, can, you, don't, know, you don't need me to introduce you, you can do it yourself. It's true. I am a social justice warrior, feminazi. <laughs> Actually, yeah, we probably should do a quick background on exactly why you're on the show, other than I needed a ring in. <laughs> and I happened to be available. Well, that's right. I am a... Girl. Nerd for all seasons, I guess. Okay. A broad, ch a broad church nerd. Broad church nerd. Okay. So I'm pen and paper RPGs, computer games... PC and console, um, lots of comic books, sci-fi, fantasy. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, also, for a bit of background, the way that JD and I became friends oh, yep. was when we were in year seven in high school, I knew he was really into Star Trek because yeah. he was out and loud and proud about it. Mm. And I was not so out and proud about my nerddoms. I fixed that. But I decided that I wanted to be friends with another nerd. So I asked JD if he would like to come over to my house and watch Star Trek The Motion Picture with me. I think you'll find I rang you and that happened to my house. No, I totally invited no, you. No, no, no. We watched that at my house. Oh. Are you taking credit for 20 years worth of friendship here? Yes. <laughs> wow. Okay, that's a bit of hindsight. Yeah, no, um, we sort of danced around the issue for ages, and it was going to be on, it was going to be the Midday Movie or some shit. Yeah, it was, it was Midday Movie. Yeah, On wow. a Saturday. Wow, I completely forgot about that. But no, that was totally me. Because we, we watched like... You just said you'd completely forgotten. No, I, until you mentioned it, I'm like, yeah, no, that was totally at my house. Virtuosity. might have been at your house. Virtuosity we watched at your house, early on. Oh, Yeah. Do you know what else I remember we definitely watched at my house? Lots of things. The Generation X TV movie. Oh my god, me and me and Nate that was on the early episodes of Nerd Corner that our listeners know. We were talking about this on the way home last night. Because he picked me up from Wyong Station and then we came back here and watched Hercules with the rock in it. My oh. my have you seen it? No, it's on my list. My list is getting so huge. My, <laughs> my list of shame, <laughs> which is all of the awesome nerdy things that I haven't seen, read, played. Well, is just, it's just getting unwieldy. Well, I nearly, and, I nearly disowned you on Friday night when you told me you hadn't watched Days of Future Past. I know. I, yeah, other, other bit of context for, for listeners is that I have two small children yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and no free time. Yep. Whereas I have two small children two days a week, so I'm good. Um, yes, Backstep, me and Nate were talking about the Gen X telemovie last night because he was hanging out, him and his mate that couldn't make it to um, Supernova had their own little mini version of a Central Coast con and then they went to Dark Dimensions and two nerdy shops at Westfield Tugra. Wow. And you know what? His nerd haul for the day was almost better than mine. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, he, he was you know, he's a massive Venom fan. He found yeah. himself a Venom pop vinyl and, ab- and had an absolute shut up and take my money moment. But yes, that film was terrible and we watched it a lot. Yeah. And do you know what's about on par for awfulness? What's that? The Gen 13 animated film. I don't know the source material and I've never seen the film. Oh, it's about on par. Now, I, I did go and read... I, I did read Gen 13 for a while back in the day. Yep. And, yeah, it's just... Is that the one that's a bunch of girls? No, Gen 13 is... There are a bunch of girls, but there are some guys too. Caitlin Fairchild uh, is kind of the headline character. And she starts off as, like, a weedy, shy nerd girl. And her superpower is to have enormous boobs. And some other stuff, but that's all all background to the fact that she goes from being a skinny, weedy, flat-chested nerd girl to supermodel with gigantic boobies. <laughs> and because she's near and vulnerable... So she almost, morphs into power girl. Well, yeah, but because she's near and vulnerable, every fight scene she gets in, she will always have her costume torn to shreds. Excellent. That's because her costume is not invulnerable. <laughs> but she is. But she is. Yep. Which they, they lampshaded quite nicely in a set in the far future talking about what happened to everybody in the past where she was in a fight against a supervillain and, as usual, her costume got torn to crap and she got hypothermia and died. Okay. That's, <laughs> that, that happens. Okay, well... Yeah, apparently that happens. <laughs> that, that's the thing, apparently. Yep. Um, all right, well, a lack of John Boy, who is our resident gaming fiend, which means I've got no bullet points for any of the, oh my god, amazing announcements that came out of E3 last week. Yeah, I'm not really up to scratch on the E3 announcements. Um, I know everybody I mean, lost their shit over Fallout in a Final Fantasy remake. Yeah, and I'm, I haven't played Fallout, once again, list of shame, <laughs> um, but... I did see some actual gameplay ads from Mass Effect Andromeda. Right. And shut up and take my money. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, God, it's beautiful. Oh, I just want to. I just want to live there. <laughs> I can. I can actually see you through the Skype call, and you. Yeah, you're, <laughs> the look on your face is priceless. Yeah, it's just. It's absolutely beautiful looking and I am a big Mass Effect fangirl. I've done a couple of playthroughs um, and no, not always with a femshep, but the voice actress for femshep is just outstrips the male voice actor so far. It just makes it such a better game. Um, And yeah, so anything that's in the the Mass Effect franchise, I'm going to be excited about. Yep. But yeah, the, what we've seen of Andromeda just looks amazing. Yeah, right. And I, I'm tentatively excited about the new Star Wars game. Is that the, that's the battlefield that everyone's losing their nut over? Yeah, yeah. I'm not what? losing my nut over it, but it looks like it could be fun. Well, apparently, I think me and John Boy either talked about this on the show a couple of weeks ago or on the way to Free Comic Book Day. So this is when we were having the conversation that apparently you play the opening, the, like the battle that happens just before the start of Ep 7. 
Yep. Like in the trailer where it shows the crashed um, Star Destroyer, apparently yep. in that you play the space battle that leads to that. Oh, so it's like full-on tie-in? Apparently so. Ooh. So which automatically makes me go, tie-in, it's going to be shit. Because outside of yeah, Lego... But and it's not trying to recreate something that we've already seen in the film, so it could work. Well, see, that's why Enter the Matrix was so effective. Because it, yeah. it added to the world as opposed to going here, play through yep. the levels. I think the only time that's ever actually worked was Spider-Man 2 on the PlayStation 2. No. Lego games. Oh, Lego doesn't count. I was about to Lego, say... Uh, Lego counts. No, Lego no, no. always counts. No, you the, take that back. You take that back, JD. Lego doesn't count because it's not a direct tie-in. It's a Lego adaption thereof. Uh, when they Fair just do enough. a straight, here's the Star Wars Episode 3 game, which is probably a bad example because it's one of the less bad tie-ins. Here's the Superman Returns tie-in for PlayStation <laughs> 2. Now, to be fair, that started off as a shit film. It was an even worse game. Yeah. Yeah, no, that wasn't good. But apparently... Um, the first look at Ratchet and Clank has dropped, the new one. And that was a bullet point for John to talk about on my list. So we'll move on from that. Apparently, um, speaking of Lego games, in a really awesome nerd corner ham-fisted segue, the actual trailer for Lego Avengers has dropped over the last week. Oh, I completely missed that. Yeah, apparently it's going to be amazing. It looks just... Lego games, it's hard to get that wrong. I don't... Yeah. It's re... like It can happen. Example? And I have... I have a lot of thoughts and opinions, and I did share some of them with you while we were at Supernova. Yep. Um, talking about, you know, I feel like each Lego game, they like to take a risk with something new and different, mm -hmm. and sometimes it works, and they should keep it for future games, and sometimes it really does not. Voice acting. Uh, I don't like voices in Lego. It's not so much that, and I think that there's a, a bit more forgiveness for that when they're doing, like, a full-on new storyline. Although I do – there is a special place in my heart for using heavily edited down clips from, Lords of the, from Lord of the Rings. That's the only one I haven't played, or the only one I haven't got, because I've had Pirates for about three years and I haven't played it yet. I My, my husband and I have played – Every single Lego franchise game, except for Lego Jurassic Park, which he picked up our pre-order on Thursday, and we've just been too busy. Well, yeah, I mean, it was like Friday, you came up here. Yeah. Friday night, you hung out with me. Yeah. Saturday, you were at, I was about to say you were at Nerd Corner. No, you're at Nerd Corner now. Saturday, yeah. you were at Supernova. Sunday, yeah. is a write-off with kids, and now you're doing yeah. a podcast. Yeah. So I'm cutting yeah. into your gaming time, so I'm sorry about that. No, that's all right. <laughs> no, this is like the story I told you yesterday about when me and the former Mrs. D were working our way through the original trilogy Star Wars game. I was in Brisbane one weekend, and I just got this text message, and all it said was, I just blew up the Death Star. I was never prouder of her than when she did that. She popped out two kids without any, without much pain relief. That made, that made no difference. She blew up the fucking Death Star. Yeah. But that's all it just got. I just blew up the Death Star. I was so proud of her. But no, yeah. I'm, I've revisited DC Universe Online, which in itself is not a great game. The gameplay's fairly average. The story's kind of good. But they've incorporated lanterns now. And as we all know, I'm a bit of a lantern guy as he sits here in his blue lantern t-shirt. So, yes, I'm now flying around as a, as a Green Lantern Corps member, saving the day. I, I I have not had a chance to ask you, have you played Star Trek Online? I, I self-excluded myself from that. 
Really? Yeah. How come? Because if I start, I will never stop. Oh. See, I thought that because I have I have a bit of a MMO problem being <laughs> a um, recovered WoW addict. <laughs> yeah. But I I found it was quite fun. Yeah. But it just couldn't hold me. Okay. Well, apparently. And I think part of the problem was I didn't have, I didn't have a nerd crew to to play with. Right. And so, pickup groups suck ass. <laughs> I I would occasionally find somebody who was not a complete dickhole. And I would like term. cling to them and be like, "Can we please be friends, please?" Well, like you, you didn't ruin the entire mission by you know charging into the middle and just Leroy Jenkins. I was about to say, so like Leroy Jenkins in space. Yeah. So yeah, it's like when you play D and D. There's always that one player that just wants to be Leroy Jenkins. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, that'll happen. Um, no, I yeah, I'm voluntarily self excluded. And also because my laptop is well and truly too old to run it. Yeah. So I think, I mean, they've done a heap of updates. And the re- most recent one was Aaron Eisenberg recorded a heap of stuff. So they've included Captain Nog. Oh, that's nice. That makes me feel happy. <laughs> well, the Nog finally got his own ship. Yeah. Actually, I, I also felt really happy when, when I got to meet Sulu's daughter. Did you meet her? Well, in, in the game. Oh, right. Yeah. She's one of the one of the NPCs. Tomorrow, so I'm like you know, go up to get this mission, and I'm like, oh, Captain Sulu. <laughs> oh, oh. Well, because she actually features fairly heavily in one of the the Lost Era novels. It's a her and Harriman adventure. Oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't read it, but I've got it. I've had it on my shelf for about four years. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I invested in a heap of the Lost Era and just a heap of track novels once um, Enterprise ran out, and I'm like, well. Got no new track to watch. Best I read it. And the DS9 relaunch was really good. That's okay. when, when Kira took over as captain. And Ensign Rowe actually turned up. She wasn't dead. And she gets the head, the head of security gig and Nog's the chief of operations. And Esri Dax transfers across to command and all sorts of stuff. Okay. But yeah, this is a great... This is the best place to review 10-year-old books. Yeah. Yeah. No, I... I may be making myself slightly unpopular with this, but as far as, like, expanded universe novels and stuff go, I don't buy them because the internet is made of fanfic. <laughs> Fair enough. That'll do it. All right, bullet points. Because, you know, we don't do segues into a corner. No. Have you heard who's effectively playing Janine in Ghostbusters? No. Chris Hemsworth. Oh, wait, no, that's Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth's playing Janine. Yes. I think he'll make a wonderful, sexy secretary. You know what? As as much as I'm completely opposed to this film, and we'll get on to the conversation we had with the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man about the new film. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, if as long as he recreates the we got one scene, when he slams the bell down, like, yes, if they're for real. Actually, I've got a sound clip of that. I should play it, but I'm not going to because I can't find it. Yeah, if Put he re- it in post. No, oh, I'll fix it in post. Good luck with that, future me. Apologies if I don't bother to do it. But if I did do it, hope you enjoyed that. Um, yeah, no, he's on board. So, I, I'm still not. I'm very much, and that's been covered on almost every episode if we've got. Um, Jurassic well, World. Well, since I haven't been on every episode ah, of Nerd Corner. Go for your life, your thoughts. I'm going to put my opinion out there. And then we'll talk about um, 
some other thoughts on it. Go for it. I don't think it's necessary to make a new Ghostbusters film, but it's not necessary to make any film, and <laughs> it might be good or it might not. So there we go. I am completely on the fence. You are completely on the fence about this <laughs> completely thing. Completely on the fence about it. Listen, I'm I'm a little more biased about it. Yeah. Because, you know, Ghostbusters being my favourite movie and all. Um, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see a reboot because reboots are usually fairly shit. I've got nothing against any of the... Like, all the people involved with it, like all the, the cast and Paul Feig and whatnot, I'm all for that. You people all do great work. You just don't need to do a rebooted Ghostbusters. Have, I, you, have you considered when you... And this is the advice I've given to several friends who have major problems with any kind of adaption or reboot is I just say to them, just fix it in headcanon. In your headcanon, decide it's an alternate universe. It's an Elseworlds story. It's an Elseworlds version of this thing. (laughs) And look, I, I try to go into all kinds of nerd things with that kind of start point and my life is better for it. <laughs> right on. No, because um no we'll talk about that when we get to when we get to the the main section. Okay. Speaking of remakes and an awesome ham fisted segue, Big Trouble Little China The Rock. I love The Rock. Yep. I love Dwayne Johnson. Yep. I think he is amazing and I will refer back to his um, franchise Viagra bit from Saturday Night Live. Yep. Which was amazing. This is true. But for those who don't know the bit, but, elaboration. But I've heard some complaints coming out of some of my nerd peeps and I do tend to agree that... He's not an everyman action hero. He's really not. And Big Trouble in Little China is one of the classic everyman action heroes. Just some regular dude who gets caught up in some crazy shit. It's just Kurt Russell out for a spin and suddenly, oh my god, there's aliens. Yeah. And Dwayne Johnson is... No he's Russell. too awesome to be an everyman. This is true. And the fact that, you know, he's built like a fucking tank also doesn't help matters. Yeah, he is. So generally, generally most people still, I don't hear, no, 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 words are hard. I've not heard anybody say, yeah, that'll be a great idea. I think most, most people's problem is with the casting of it. Yeah. Yes. Apparently, speaking of sequels that aren't going to happen anymore, Tron 3, the plug has been pulled. Yeah, it's it's gone. Thank it's dead. Fuck. Jim. I'm okay with it with that being a sequel that's dead. Yeah. I I wasn't enthused about it. I was like I saw two at IMAX. Oh, that would have It made me dizzy. See, the second one looked amazing. Yeah. But it didn't have the heart and the feel of the original. But then again, as 80s kids, we grew up on the original, so that might yeah. be where the problem was. But it it yeah. But no, it's gone for various reasons, and I suddenly don't care. Now, speaking of sequels that we don't need to see, because that's apparently our theme this week, because that's all anybody knows to do anymore. Hang on, that's a segue. Dude, what are you doing? Segways. Oh, fuck it. Um, Constantine's dead. I know, I'm so sad. Everybody knows where I stand on Constantine. I never got into it. 
But yeah, there's been the whole thing. Save Constantine. Save that no, last week. The execs came out, came out and said she's dead, Jim. Yeah. No, I I enjoyed it. I think it was as faithful an adaptation of the books, which I have read most of, mm-hmm. as you can get on television. Yeah, fair enough. Because there's some out there stuff in his in his gear. Yeah, I mean, like. I've already said my go into it with the opinion that it's it's, it's, an, it's an Elseworlds it's head an Elseworlds. story. Yep. And from there, really enjoyed it. I mean, I've, what I didn't enjoy segue. Oh god, you're gonna was, do, don't do an actual segue. Do a hand-fisted segue. Speaking of comic book adaptions that have gone on to TV, is that ham-fisted enough? Oh, near enough. Are we talking about John Bernthal being the Punisher? No, I'm talking about Powers. Oh my god, I loved Powers. Oh, have you read the books? Yes, I have. I was just oh. happy to see it on TV. I mean, yeah, I, I read the books, I quite love them, and I just, I, I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't, yeah. Is, is the problem that Retro Girl's not dead? <laughs> no, no, I'm actually, I'm actually quite happy because of who is playing um, yeah, because it's Denson Rowe. Yeah, and so so I'm I'm Michelle quite happy Forbes to see her around for a while, and I do hope they do that that story arc eventually. The Who Killed Retro Girl. Yeah, which isn't spoilers because it's the name of the trade paperback. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, I, I think yeah. if something's in the title, it's not a spoiler. Well, it's like. Um, if you if you're talking about Twin Peaks and you and you say something about Laura Palmer being dead, you know that's yeah. pretty well the crux of the show. Yeah, yeah, that that was that was on the advertisements. Yeah, who killed Laura Palmer? And it yep. is still apparently coming back because Finch was in, Finch was out, Finch is back in again. Yep, I saw that. But um, yeah, just to to step back to to powers very quickly. Yes, a friend of mine was enthusing about the TV show mm-hmm. and a bunch of people immediately piped up with, Oh my God, you should read the books. And oh, I said, no, no don't. don't, don't go backwards. Do not, do not read the comics. It will ruin the show for you. Yeah. There, there are some things that just, I, I resent their existence because they mean there will not be a better version of that thing. <laughs> <laughs> Once upon a time is well oh, in that that category for me. In fact, probably the biggest example is that Bill Willingham's Fables, yeah, is such an amazing series. Yes, it is, and it would have made a perfect TV series. Unfortunately, but we will never see it. Because of the horrible piss stain that is Once Upon a Time. Look, to be fair, I didn't mind the first season. Once they were all like, once they didn't know who they were and it was all doing the world building, I was okay with that. I didn't mind it because Jen was right into it. And then yeah. once one second season rolled around and they all knew who they were and they were all doing their thing, I was done. Yeah, I was pretty much in the same boat. Like, I, I didn't. I didn't hate it for the first season, and then I just kind of went, nope. But there wasn't like, even that, that moment, because like with Gotham, I had that very definitive, I am done with this show moment. I just sort of I just sort of faded out with it, 
I just never went back to it. The same thing happened with Better Call Saul, strangely enough. Uh, the Breaking Which, Bad prequel. Yeah, I I haven't seen any of Better Off Saul, and I haven't finished watching Breaking Bad. Oh, really? Yeah, I made I made the mistake of watching uh, Breaking Bad while I was pregnant and really hormonal. Oh, right, no. And I just haven't gone back to it yet. <laughs> yeah, no, fair it enough. Was, it was too soul-crushing yeah. for a, a highly emotional pregnant lady. Yeah, no, nobody needs that. No. Speaking of ham-fisted segues that I was making earlier when it was an actual segue, Independence Day 2. Oh. Uh. That's still happening. We now have... Really? We at least have Jeff Goldblum Why? on board. Why? I don't know. It's been in, it's been in the works for a long time. Um, Dave Longo over on I think he was talking I can't remember if he was talking about it on panels or if he was talking about it on Geek Actually he was talking about how he's got ideas for sequels for it. So Dave, shoot us a tweet and let us know when that was. Um, William yeah. Fickner's in it because now it's a legal requirement that William Fickner has to be in everything. He yeah, because he was a shredder. But Vivica Fox is coming back as as Will Smith's ex misses because apparently Smith's not in it. Huh. All right. He's, Fair enough. Like, he, yes, he's, something. He's busy doing being Deadshot for a film I've got zero interest in. Oh yes, yeah. Suicide Squad. Yeah, you you had a, a bit of a discussion with with my husband about that on the on the drive from yep. Newcastle back to Sydney. We did, and yeah, we were in similar agreement to it. Yeah, but no, uh, just no. Yeah, look, if, if Deadshot doesn't have a stupid moustache, I don't give a damn. <laughs> There's some things that characters have that have to be there. Yeah, um, and it's not like, you know, it's hard to give someone a... A, a pencil moustache. Yeah, if a they could do it, moustache. If they could give it to the twins that played the baby in Adam's Family Values, they could, <laughs> give, it, they could give it to an adult. Yes. How's that for a pull? <laughs> Oh, that's going to be the best reference ever. Um, I did mention John Bernthal from Walking Dead is going to be the Punisher in the second season of Daredevil. Yeah, and that was really interesting because it also looks like the potential casting of... God, who was it? That guy. Oh, yeah, the fellow. With the face. And the eyes? Yeah. Yeah, but mostly the chin. Oh, Ben Affleck. No. No, no, no. Sergeant that Slaughter. Guy. Um, was it Vin Jones? He, he played Brick in Arrow. Who was he playing? This is a great, this is a great well, radio. If, if that's who I'm thinking of, um, then it was looking like he was going to be cast as Bullseye. Okay. Yes, and um, then, no, it was, um, yeah, it was the guy with the face and the chin. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, not, not the dude playing Gambit. The guy I always think is the dude that's playing Gambit. Um, Channing Tatum's lesser known twin brother sort of guy that's not actually related to him. Jason Stratham! That's the one. Jason, Jason Statham. Jason Stratham! That's him. him, that guy with the face and the chin. That's him. Now, I'm just going to jump in for two seconds because I can hear it coming through Skype, but I don't know if it's being picked up by the recorder. There's traffic noise. 
that's because I'm recording inside a house. So, you know, not recording in John's broken down car, but you're recording in your backyard. Yes. Just, just to bring up that level of nerd corner professionalism we love to see, we love to hear. Yeah. Um, the guy with the chin, continue. Um, so, yeah, so Jason Statham, it was looking like he was going to be cast as Bullseye in Daredevil. And then rumour mill has it that when that got leaked and the fan kind of response was through the roof, there was a whole lot of shut up and take my money. (laughs) They were still in negotiations. Right. And that allegedly put Statham in the position where he could suddenly ask for an awful lot more money by, well, him or his agent, pointing out, look how popular this decision would be. And Marvel said, nope. <laughs> no bullseye. You can have, have John Berthel as the Punisher. How about instead. you fuck off instead? Yeah, well, look, I've, I've got no problem with him playing the Punisher because he's just an angry-looking man at the best of times in his run on Walking Dead and other things that he's been in. But yeah, I think it'll be great. And Frank Castle and Matt Murdock have had a very long-standing feud and rivalry and sometimes begrudging respect all through the books. So yeah, I think that's going to be great. Yep. I'm all for that. Speaking of things that aren't related to anything, Seamus from the WWE, the Irish, is he Irish or is he Scottish? I can't remember what they're trying to plug him as. The wrestler, he's playing Rocksteady in the new Ninja Turtles movie. I'm very excited that we have live action Rocksteady and Bebop. Listeners can't see this, but I'm making a... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, kind of. Like, that's cool. Yeah. I don't know who that is. You don't need to know who it is. All you need to know is we've got live-action Rocksteady and Bebop in Ninja Turtles now. All right. And that's 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 That could work. It's not going to be any worse than Toka and Razor were in the second one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and look, everyone, everybody rags on that, like the new Ninja Turtles movie. I liked it. It wasn't shit. It it wasn't my childhood, so I was wasn't that into it. You well, I was about to say you were the perfect age bracket. You're the wrong gender. Yeah. Yeah. Like, talk to me about a you know like a live action Sailor Moon adaption. Yep. And I will lose my shit. Haven't they been trying to do that for the better part of two decades? Probably. Well, if John was here, he'd, he'd pipe in with talking about how they've been trying to. There's been talk and rumor and whatnot of a live action Robotech and how it's never going to happen. So they say it's going to happen, then it doesn't happen. Apparently, yeah. James Wan's on board to direct it. Okay. And he's also doing Aquaman. Aquaman is something that I am on board with. Yeah. Because, you know, I like Aquaman at the best of times. <laughs> Much like yesterday when I shouted at my friend who was cosplaying as Aquaman, walked up behind him, shouted, Aquaman, shit, he talks to fish. The look on Josh's face was hilarious. Were you still with me at that point or are you gone? I was. I was still with you. Yeah. Yeah. The look on Josh's face was priceless when I did that. Yeah. yeah. And look, I I think you've seen me on, on Facebook going going to ground for Aquaman, like defending him because... Honestly, and I will stick to this, if you think that Aquaman is shit because the only thing you know about him is Super Friends, 
All then Family Guy jokes. You can fuck right off because <laughs> he's not even the most useless super friend. No, that would be Plastic Man. No, that would be Hawkman, who is there to carry Batman. Really? He's the only thing he ever freaking does is carry Batman. And by the same token, though, if you think Hawkman's shit, because all you know is that he carries Batman, you're an idiot, too. <laughs> Lucky we're friends. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the only reason that Hawkman's shit. Hawkman's shit for a completely different reason. Because the only reason he's interesting is because Shiera Hall's interesting. Or Kendra Hall. Or whoever's doing Hawk Girl at the time. Yeah. And Hawkman suffers a lot from his his reboots and his changing backstory. And changing of real name. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's all over the place. So, yeah. Like, there's there's no consistency... His characterization is frequently weak, and yeah, his most interesting factors, you know, as far as I'm concerned, is his relationship to Hawk Girl, who is awesome. Yeah. Which awesome segue? My friend Shannon was cosplaying yesterday, and she looked amazing. Yes, she did. So well done, Shaz. Even though I know you don't listen to the show. The, the amount of time she spent. Because she cut and painted every one of those feathers individually from foam. Wow. And I pointed out to her after she'd done one wing, you know, you could have just done it in one sheet and just done the detail. She swore very loudly. Yeah. At, at about that point. Um, what else can I segue into? Jurassic World taking over the planet, which you all have not seen. Cause you've, you know, I, have, I have not seen. My my youngest refuses to be left with babysitters, so that makes it very difficult to go and see movies. That's right. And, you know, how old is she now? 15 months. Yep. Not really the target demographic for Jurassic World. No. I did have somebody ask me if I'd taken Lorelai to see it yet. She is three. Yep. Same age as Speedy. Yep. And I just said, No. No, we're, we're not doing Jurassic Park right now yeah. because she loves dinosaurs. <laughs> and I think she will not love dinosaurs so much after she sees extremely realistic ones eating people. Off toilets or off a toilet. Yes. So, yeah, like there are equal chances that she would love it. Or that it would traumatise her and she would not like dinosaurs anymore. And, you know, all little kids have to love dinosaurs. Yeah, I love how much she loves dinosaurs. She was telling me all about something to do with dinosaurs the other night. Yeah, about them being carnivores. Oh, that was in. That that is impressive as shit. Esri's still just excited that she's got feet. (laughs) Yeah, my my little smarty pants who, who corrected... My my mum's friend on their pronunciation of dinosaur names. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Story. Oh, uh, uh, my mum just told me that you know she was showing pictures of of dinosaurs to someone, and they had the names underneath, and her friend said the name of the dinosaur as she thought it was pronounced, and. My three-year-old corrected her. <laughs> so there you go. Yep. So I'm trying to find the actual current um, 
box office takings for this thing, but it did $511 million in its opening weekend. So, it's, wow. and yeah, it's people are saying it may well be um, the top grossing film of all time, but you know what to do that? It's going to need to do 2.3, I think, billion, which was Avatar, 2.7. 2.7 billion. Alright, so from Forbes, I've got that Jurassic World tops 300 million. Alright, that must be an older one. Se- by its second weekend. Right. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, international opening was 511 and domestic opening, that might be the, um, the just the domestic number because it did 208 according to what I'm looking at here. Yep. But yeah, so it's conceivable at that rate and how frequently people are seeing this thing. No, I've... Me and John were going to review it this week, but because John's got polio, and Supernova came along, it didn't happen. So my short review is, go and see it, peoples. Unless you... Oh, can't. fine, I'll go and see it. <laughs> I was about to say, unless you don't have a babysitter, or unless you've got a small child who refuses to be left without a parent. Yeah, no, I... I okay, so here is my question. Okay. Is it good enough to traumatize my mother-in-law <laughs> by leaving her with a screaming baby for, t- like, three hours. Absolutely, it is. Totally worth it. <laughs> now, keep in mind, I like my mother-in-law. Oh, uh, that's a different story. Um, <laughs> see, if, you'd, if the story had been, is it enough to traumatize your mother with for three hours? I'd say, go for your life. <laughs> now... Important piece of backstory. You love I, my mum. I do love your mum. I've known your mum for the better part of two decades. <laughs> oh, I'm not, I'm, no, I'm not telling that story. That's an inappropriate for a podcast story. The sailing club incident. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. There we go. If anybody wants to know the story, they can email me at nerdcornerau at gmail and I will happily tell you. <laughs> Just so we get a piece of feedback. Um I don't even remember, but yes, um, yeah, no, it's definitely worth doing, I, and seeing it on the big screen, I only saw it in two dimensions, because I don't really like 3D, um, yeah, it's definitely worth it, my my mate, Nate, that people know from the show, he had, he was like, nah, because he's a massive fan of the original, he's like, they shouldn't be doing it, I don't got no interest in it, don't want to see it, don't want to see it, and then it had been out for sort of three or four days, no, it had been out for just over a week, and I said, I'm going, you should come, and he's like... I think I might, based on everybody's reviews of it. He's walked out of it and he said, you know what, all my misgivings were all for nothing. That was amazing. And there are enough nods to the original where you go, yes, thank you for that. <laughs> well, that's good because that was one of my one of my films back in the day. Well, again, we were the right age for when it was huge and it was everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I held on to a... Velociraptor t-shirt that said, have a nice day, the Jurassic Park sign with a Velociraptor on the front, Yeah. until my mid-twenties when a friend of mine made me put it in a charity bag against great protestation, but it was her job to do that. She was helping me clean out my closet because I was over... It was overflowing with girly bounty. <laughs> girly and bounty. I said, I have to get rid of at least half of this stuff. And I wanted to keep everything. But the, the thing that was the hardest to let go of was an old, tatty, bleach-stained 
Jurassic Park t-shirt. I don't. I, I somehow have no recollection of this shirt. Really? Yeah. Was it grey? It was grey, and I bought it from the boys section in Kmart. <laughs> no, I yeah, I have no real recollection of you ever wearing that shirt. Wow. Yep. Yeah, I I, I loved it, and um, also a, a thing of our of our age group. I would wear it with my um my green cardigan and um knee-length skirt <laughs> very daria i was gonna say no 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 have you seen the have you seen the the faux trailer for the movie oh with audrey plaza yes yes i love audrey plaza she's oh. so good oh and she's I, my she's my spirit guide i think I'll, she's that for a lot of people i think that movie would make two billion dollars yeah because it's just based on that trailer where they're doing the reunion. I think it's amazing. I'm going to watch that trailer once we're done recording. <sighs> Speaking of things of our age group, X-Files. It's in production. They're filming. There was a photo that went around the internet this week of the two director's chairs, like for Mulder and Scully, and the internet exploded. Oh, dear. So what... I'm not up to date on this. I saw it mentioned, but it, it filtered down my feed during during exam period, so... <laughs> So you weren't paying that much when attention I, when to When I was happening. not allowed to read anything that wasn't directly related to coding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, they're doing... It's coming back. I think it's coming back as like a 10-episode run. Everyone's back on board that's not dead and a couple of dead people are. So yep. I'm a firm believer of... And again, I'm well and truly on record for saying this. Let it be. Yeah. But I was never the massive X-Files fan that other people read you were back in the day. Yeah, do you want to do you want to know something about that? Go for your life. I started rewatching from the beginning. I've tried it. I couldn't. No. No, I stalled. Yeah, couldn't do it. You get about two thirds of the way through the first season to about the return of Tombs, and that's where you're pretty well done. Yeah. No, I was about halfway through season two. Oh right, you held in yeah. there for the Adam and Eve stuff. Yeah. That's a really good episode, though, with Adams and the Eves. Yeah. Yeah, that that was quite good, but there's just there was not enough to make me want to keep watching. Yeah, even as a rewatch for the show you watched when we were in high school. Yeah, and something that I had a lot of love for. Yeah. Jada will remember I had I had two oh. major posters in my room. Oh, yes, you remember you did. what they were? One was the X-Files. Yeah. And the other one, which room? When you were still loved upstairs or when you moved downstairs? Uh, upstairs was when I had the big poster. Oh, we're going back. Um, and to be fair, at the time, I wasn't really paying attention to your walls. <laughs> um, you know, teenage How can you have forgotten my enormous was it Jonathan two and a half long Enterprise oh, cutout It was your Enterprise cutout poster and it was above your bed. Of course it was. Yes. And it was, yeah, it was um, portrait style. Um, Landscape style, it went sideways. Yeah. It was fucking huge. Yeah. Yep. About two and a half meters long. Yeah, as soon as you stared at it, I'm like, of course you fucking did. It was that. Yeah. And, yeah. and it was so hard to keep it on the wall because it was so heavy. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> it would fall down all the time. But yeah, so, you know, as a as a teenage girl, my, my bedroom was decorated with... Actually, I ended up with two... X-Files posters. I had the one where it had the two, like the half of Mulder's face, half of Scully's face, and just said X-Files. Mm-hmm. 
and I had the I want to believe poster. Did you have that? I did have that. Uh, that I... came along as a, as a later edition. That yeah. was something my dad bought for me. Right. And my two and a half meter long Starship Enterprise cutaway. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, just in, just in case anyone is still questioning my my cred for being on Nerd Corner, there yeah. you go. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, as a teenage girl, you didn't have the Jonathan Brandis and the Dean Cain. Po- Dean Cain was on the back of your folder. You didn't he have was. the Jonathan Brandis <laughs> and the Dean Cain posters. No, you had the X Files and the Enterprise. I did. It was the Enterprise D. For those of you wondering. <laughs> When did it finally die? Um, this is a great story when we're supposed to be talking about everything else, but fuck it. Yeah. It's my time. Uh, you listen to what it I say. Finally, it finally moved on to the big wall in the sky just after I moved to Sydney. Right. And I was in rental properties where I couldn't really hang it up well. Yep. And I kept it rolled up in a tube for a couple of years after that. Yep insistent that one day it would go back up yep and then you know be being in your you know 18 through to kind of mid-20s and being in share houses and moving twice a year um it just it disappeared in a move one day and yeah i felt sad but you know these things happen one, one day, my children will have enormous sci-fi posters in their rooms. <laughs> when Liam was a baby, he had... Um, remember when Mario 64 first came out? And at JB, they had the big cutout of Mario and Luigi hanging from the roof? Yeah. That was about, they were both they were about two foot by one foot each. Well, because I worked at JB at the time, when they came down, that's what the kids had on their wall. Oh, when, when that's Liam was little. great. Mario has since gone to the great um, Toadstool Kingdom, uh, Mushroom Kingdom in the sky. Luigi's still up. And do you remember the X, not the X-Files poster, you had the X-Files poster. Do you remember yep. when I lived in Dulwich Hill, I had, as you walked in the door, I had the Area 51 poster? Yeah. Still got it. Oh, nice. Rolled up in a tube with, and I've got the Kramer that used to hang on the dining room wall as well. Oh, God, the Kramer. <laughs> I still have both of these posters. And there was one day that I came home and Matt had put a, Britney, a massive Britney Spears poster up. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> that was my roommate, people. Um... I looked at it going, you know what, if he if I, if I he has to deal with my Area 51 poster and my Kramer, I can deal with looking at Britney Spears. Yeah. But that said, that house had some fantastic, you know, hairbrush karaoke to S Club 7 moments. Oh, did it what? <laughs> there, there, there was a good, there were good times had in that apartment. Yeah, there were. Um, that's a story for another day. Um. I've got nothing left on my list that's worth talking about. Supergirl drops on October 26th. You probably haven't seen... Have you seen the pilot? I've seen the pilot. We talked about the pilot on the show a couple of weeks ago. Thumbs up, thumbs yep. down, thumbs middle. Oh, thumbs up. Excellent. Um, you Spiritual did... successor to Lois and Clark. I am all on board. And you were actually making the point the other night that people had been ragging on it. Yes. And that's been yeah, your argument. And the, the, the point that, that I made to you was that the biggest problem with the lack of representation of superheroes in like TV and film is that when there is one, if she doesn't fulfill everything to everyone, people get really upset. So if, you know, if Black Widow 
isn't perfect and amazing in every way, but still human and not, you know, an unrealistic male fantasy, blah, 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 then the world falls down. Yep, no, fair point. I think that, you know, have more female superheroes. Let them be as varied and flawed as all of the male superheroes. Which, to be fair, DC is quite good at in the comics. Yeah, in the comics it's getting a lot better, but in other media, like movies and things, you know, there's there's one Lady Avenger in the films. And Speaking I'm of... Just, I'm just hoping that, you know, with things like Civil War, they can fix the gender parity a little bit more. Yeah, but it's still only her and Scarlet Witch thus far. I'm Maria yeah. Hill, Maria Hillbian. Um, speaking of the whole Scarlet Witch thing, a few weeks ago, John and I briefly touched on the Joss Whedon Scarlet um, Black Widow Twitter controversy, and we said we weren't going to talk about it because we didn't have a girl on the show, and we didn't want to try and even go there without a female presence. Now I've got a female presence. Go for your life. Well, fill me in first. Um, on the whole thing of when Joss Whedon quit Twitter because all the feminazis told him that he destroyed a strong female character and was a monster and all these things. Oh, that? All right, so I don't believe that that's why Joss Whedon quit Twitter. I think he quit Twitter because he had just finished doing a really big movie and probably had some sort of contractual obligation to, you know be talking about it and when that was over and he's no longer under contract with, you know, with a big company, he's decided, fuck it, I don't need to be here because I've been on Twitter a really, really long time but it can be a really toxic place and I don't think that there's actually any evidence that feminazis drove him off Twitter other than there is an argument to be made but her nerd boys insisting (laughs) that that's the reason why um you know Joss Whedon's weathered a lot of storms of criticism over various things for a very long time and I don't think that some people disagreeing with how he portrayed a character or what love interests he chose to have a character pursue would be enough. Yeah, no, I I felt pretty similar to that. But yeah, yeah. I just wanted to get your thoughts on it as a, as a resident nerd girl. Yeah. And and look, I I can get my my nerd girl rage on pretty hard. Yep. Um but I don't I don't think that was actually a thing. Because you still haven't seen Age of Ultron, have you? No, no, I still haven't seen Age of Ultron. You're, you're losing some of that nerd cred there, right? I know. <laughs> but, that's you know, why it's a list of shame. <laughs> that's right. It's not just a list. It's a list of shame. That's right. But, um, yeah, no, I, I get that people wanted Black Widow and Hawkeye to hook up and... They didn't like the romantic choices that were made and they didn't like the explanations for why it was made. 
you know, I'm not afraid of spoilers. I'm, I'm aware of a lot of the, the stuff that happens in Age of Ultron. Um, spoilers don't ruin things for me. There's, it's as simple as that. Uh, I am as interested to see how something happens as being surprised that it does. Um, but, yeah, I also think that it's really cool that there are a pair of characters that are as close as Natasha and Clint who do not have a romantic relationship. Showing the the platonic relationships between males and females can actually happen in fiction. Yes. Yeah. I I get very tired of just every time there is a close friendship between male and female characters, it has to turn into a romance. And that is my big problem with Elicity. I... Oh! You you know what? Fuck it. I'm going on a fucking diatribe. That, 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 That romance ruined the character of Felicity Smoke for me. She went from being this awesome, amazing nerd girl, you know, some personality quirks, a tendency to put a foot in her mouth, but a really interesting and well-rounded character into whiny McWinge face. Oh, Ollie, oh, Ollie, fuck off. (laughs) Can't you, like, seriously, go back to being useful and well, when she smart, came in, I used to compare her to of Oracle. Instead just crying about everything all the fucking time. <laughs> yeah. So but... that's my message to the showrunners of Arrow. Yeah. You ruined the best nerd girl on TV. No, they killed her off twice. Oh, no, she wasn't really a nerd girl. She was a nerd character. No, an actual nerd girl. Yeah, no. Absolutely destroyed it. Because yep. when she came in, she was basically... She was pretty well Oracle without being Barbara Gordon. Yeah. Doing her thing. And yep. then suddenly, as you say, all she does is cry about Oliver. And even when she's sleeping with the Adam, she's still crying about Oliver. I know. I mean, like, okay, yeah, Stephen Amell, pretty rare. I, I, I would cry if I thought he wasn't in love with me. But I know that he yeah. is, so it's fine. Yeah, but then if you, if you had the Adam being like, hey, would you get over it? Because I'd sure as fuck get over it. <laughs> For Ray Palmer that's not Ray Palmer. Yeah. You know what? We should have just recorded the conversation between here and your place. Yeah. That would have been, you know what? Podcast right there. Yeah. <laughs> just me and your husband well, hating everything. Well, unfortunately, there was a screaming baby for part of that trip, so no one wants to listen to that. Well, you know, I could have fixed that in post. All right. <laughs> now, this show usually only runs about the hour mark, and we're sitting at 56 minutes. And we've gotten through half of my list. So I'm scrapping the rest of my list. And we're going to talk Supernova. Yep. Because that happened Friday, yesterday, and today. I went to about a third of it. You went to, what's half of a third? Is that much of it? Oh, come on. I was I was there until three. Were you there that way? Yeah. You're right. I, lost all con- I lose all concept of time inside that building. Yeah, you went into ferret shock. That's what I do on the first day. Yeah. So this is why today I'm like, I'm at home. What the fuck am I going to do? So I stayed in bed. Watch cheese. It was great. Um, all right. Um, how are we going to do this? Pros, cons, indifferences, features. Maybe. All right. So I'm going to start off with something that I liked. Okay. I liked the amount of space that was given to 
kind of non-pros to sell their little trinkets and jewelry yeah, and drawings and um so it, it felt it was less of a an artist alley kind of thing and more into a kind of like a, a space for mini vendors yeah and I, I thought that was wonderful because I because as a as a nerdy crafter you do love your craft I do but being able you offered to, to make me a babel fish yeah I did. I, I I told off JD at the train station for not mentioning that he wanted to have a Babel fish with his his Arthur Dent costume because I would have made one the night before. <laughs> um, yes, nerdy craftsperson. Yeah, and so I really loved being able to to wander around and see all of the kind of the nerdy jewelry and all of that kind of handmade stuff that people had made. And I think there's a real place for that in kind of nerddom um, because you don't necessarily always want to have something that's, you know, hot topic mass man- manufactured to show off your nerddom. Yeah. Sometimes it's nice to, to have this little one-of-a-kind, handmade, you know, lovely piece of, of jewellery to, you know, kind of subtly show your fandom. Yeah. And I really liked how much space was given over to that as well as the actual, like, artist's alley. Yeah. And, you know, vendors having half the building to peddle their wares. Yeah. Because really it is it is about the shopping. Yeah. It's about the retail therapy. And as everybody, every person, like every major nerd that goes to a con puts up a photo once they're done, here's my haul. Yep. Here's all the shit that I bought. This is probably... The stuff I came away with yesterday, because I did my shopping after you left, I came away with the smallest convention haul I've ever done in my life. I bought two trades, two single issues, and Groot. Very restrained. Yeah. Oh, and... Hang on. What else did I buy? What's this? I don't even know. Um, Yeah. No, probably because, you know, I was was convention on a budget. Yes, as was I. You were on more of a budget than I was. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, parenting. Yep. Um, I really liked they're now including a lot more Aussie film and TV production related stuff. They had yeah, good, that was great. Had I good, was really thrilled to see that there as well. So I've got a heap of shit here that I need to plug from that. I haven't looked at it yet, but I've got it. Right. Yeah. Aha, uh-huh, here's one I prepared earlier. All right, so what I'm going to do... Is I'm going to let you plug this. Yep. Because I need to take a short break. Okay. And you can either leave this message in or you can fix it in post. But I'll be back in a minute. Okay. I reckon you're going to do a wee. That. I may be off to the restroom. <laughs> okay. Well, look. Okay. Yes, Rach is gone. Okay. I was really excited at the look of, and I can't even find where it's gone because half my bit of paper's been torn in half. Um, Deadhousefilms.com. They were doing, they're doing a new science fiction TV series called Airlock. I very nearly did the second day just to watch the first episode and attend the Q&A, which probably would have been better. But we were actually talking to, true, 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 where's all my bits of paper gone? This is the wilderness all over again. I was talking to the executive producer of said series and general boss of that entire 
I think, quite interesting. Because they're the same people, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that did The Tunnel, the Aussie horror film found footage one, which if you all haven't seen, you should go and see it. Because I was gushing about it at the time. And, no, that's in my wallet. That's why I can't find it in my stuff. Uh, yeah, it's found footage set under Central Station and all those catacombs, and it's really good. And I was gushing about it, and that's when the guy standing there thanked me for being so ha- so fond of it. And it turned out he was the executive producer on that. I did also manage to run into John Jarrett, which is always fun, who, as our long-term listeners from the Wilderness Days will remember, me and Nate interviewed 12 months ago at Supernova that year, which I should have asked him at the time, because we talked about this last episode, man, John, I... Me and John mentioned it all the week before, all the one before. I don't know anymore. Is the rumours of a third Wolf Creek and a Wolf Creek miniseries. He would have been the man to ask, because he's the man in the know. But he did, while he was there, he was mostly plugging his new new film, which is Stalker, which is <laughs> um, inappropriate, funny, romantic, and coming soon. He chased her until she caught him. So that should be fun. So now, I'm going to fix this in post, and let's drop in some Girl From Ipanema until Rachel gets back. So that was, that was my thing I was excited about. They've got, and there was Infini, Infinity, Infini, Infini, however the hell you're supposed to pronounce it. That was featured. There's a heap of stuff, and I'm really excited that that's the sort of stuff that's getting played. And there seem to be a lot of people showing a lot of interest. But it's, yeah. Your turn. Oh, my turn? Yeah. Something else I was excited about? Something you're excited about, something you thought was shit, just a general thought. Um, I just, I wasn't feeling the nerd love for a lot of the day. Yeah, I I was going to mention that too. Um, elaborate? I don't know. It just, re- it felt. The vibe wasn't there? Yeah, just the vibe wasn't there. I think part of that for me is that because of... Reasons? Philosophical objections. There you go. A lot of, a lot of my people weren't there. Yep. That's the same and, reason why a lot of my people weren't there. Yeah. And so it just it felt a bit lacking. Yeah. Because one of my favourite things about going to a supernova is you can't take five steps without running into someone you know. Which, to be fair, still happened to me. Yeah, it did. Just, well, it was maybe every 20 steps. Yeah. yeah. And it was lovely to see the people that I did. Yep. But, yeah. Like it turns out we both know Mary Amber. Yeah. Well, I, I worked with Pat. Yeah. So, so Pat Cat, who is Mary's partner, um, and I worked together uh, making websites Ooh, for the man. Working for the man. Working for the man, <laughs> and yeah. That was and actually... so it was. It was great to see him. It was lovely to to catch up, and you know, someone who actually you know wanted to hear about my kids because yeah. I was working with him while I was gestating the first one. Yep. And so that was that was really nice, um, but yeah, just yeah, just felt like there was something missing. Something missing. And it's like you said at the time, 
there was nothing really going on. I mean, everybody was still out the front having foyer con. But as far as like, and I looked at the t- the schedule and there were fuck all panels happening. Yeah. Yeah, it's it it was almost like the point of it was to make people pay entry to do a bunch of shopping and then leave. Yeah. I think that was pretty much it. Oh no. It was the point is pay your thirty five dollar entry fee, pay your hundred and ten dollars for a photo with Nathan Fillion and fuck off. Yeah. Because they, yep. they would have made a hideous amount of... Did you see some of the queues the for that guy? You know the no. Ma- you know when we were trying to get into the Futurama panel? And yeah. We, and we were going around one side. And we'll get back to the stages in a minute. That's a point I wanted to make as well. The, the row of people that were standing along the back of that stage, I've now worked out from photos and anecdotes, that was the people extended all the way out of the photo-taking area waiting for Fillion. I had one friend of mine who waited for three and a half hours. Wow. To get to a Nathan Fillion photo. Yeah, no, I I ran into a friend, sorry, neighbor car. But no, what one of the one of the people that I, I ran into said that she was standing in line for ninety minutes and <clears> then <throat> had to send a text message to her partner to come and hold her place in the line so that she could go to the ladies. Yeah. Which took twenty five minutes. And then she got back and had another half hour wait. That's insane. Yeah. Well, that's what. Yeah, that's two and a half hours right there. Yeah. I mean, that's said for a, a two second <sighs> yep. conversation and mm-hmm. a photo and a signature. Yep. No, no, that would be photo or signature because they're two different sessions. Wow. Yeah. It must could... have just been signature, I think. Then. Wow, that's ridiculous. I tell you what, though. They've absolutely learnt their lesson for the last couple of years, and line management is the best I've ever seen them do. Yep. Because it's usually a clusterfuck, but yeah, they were they were all over it this year, and I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that the only way to get into the stages for panels was to go outside the venue and in through another door, which, mm. from a from an organising perspective, was amazing. Like, yep, that's how you do it. You get everybody that wants to go to a panel, piss off outside, but. For the people that didn't know you had to piss off outside, we spent 15 minutes trying to figure out how to get into the Billy West and John DiMaggio panel, in which case you gave up. I went, fuck it, you go. I'm going to yep. sit here. And I'm like, you know what, fair enough. If I wasn't going to live tweet this thing, I would have done it too. I think that had a lot to do with it, which from a planning perspective, brilliant. From a punter's perspective, fuck that. Yeah. That's why I didn't go to any other panels, because I wanted to go and see Dr. Carl and a couple others. But I'm like, I am not doing the fight to get all the way through and outside the venue and then doing the other fight to get all the way back in with the 150-odd people that will be in the panel. It just was not worth my effort. Yeah. Because when the Futurama panel let out at 150, that was when Dr. Carl was starting at the exact opposite end of the venue. Yep. So I I completely forgot Dr. Carl was even there after a point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they've always got the anime theatre out in the foyer because it's the space that they use. Uh, yeah. It's just, I don't know if it was because I don't do different or if I just didn't like they having to go outside and then go all the way around or the fact that there were no signs for saying where you needed to go. But that was... Yeah, that, the, that was a bit of a problem, like having to, to track down a pink shirt to find out how to get somewhere when you're holding a program and a map in your hand. Yeah. 
that's a failing. Yeah. When it, yeah. I mean, there were no signs outside that... I mean, even outside the building, there was no signs that said it. Yeah. No, it's like, oh, there's a bunch of people queuing up. Maybe that's where I'm meant to go. Yeah. Which was the, pretty much the text message that I sent you. Yeah. Because I'd, I'd figured it out by that point. I figured that was what was happening because all the doors were outside. And then that's when I got the message from you. Like, I think access is from out here. But yeah, that was really effective at reducing crowds. So, and I don't know, and also where they put the actual signing area for the celebrities and the photo areas tucked off in a corner off to the side behind the stages so that yeah. the people queuing for photos and stuff weren't then also mixing and forming a bottleneck with the people that were trying to get into and out of panels. Oh, can we talk about the bottleneck for a minute? It's the least offensive I've ever seen that bottleneck. Really? Yeah. Oh, I just found it so stressful. Oh, it's... And for those of you who don't know the venue, it's basically... There's a round section and then there's a square section or a rectangular section. And where the two meet is a really... It's a really narrow. It's a relatively narrow space. And they always put stuff in the middle of it as well. Yeah, this time it was the Nintendo Wii, Wii U stuff. Yeah. Was it? You know what was yeah, it? it was. Okay. Yeah. Um, I paid no attention because all I'm focusing yeah. on is let's get through this thing. And then you slow to literally, it will. It can take you a good three or four minutes to move 10 metres through there. Yeah. Which doesn't sound like a long time, but when you're bogged down in, like with literally no space between you and the people in front of, next to or behind you, that bottleneck's always been a problem and I don't know why they don't just open it up. Yeah, they, they shouldn't have anything in that thoroughfare. Or something little, not something that yeah. almost fills it. Because yeah. they know it's a problem. It's, I mean, they can't do much about the width of it because it's yeah. the structure of the building. But, look, yeah, as I say, it's probably the least offensive I've ever found that area. Which is saying something because it was still fucking horrendous. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty bad. But I the, only thing, the only thing that I found that, that kind of made it okay for me was at one point I was going in one direction and um just so people know I was wearing an extremely lazy adventure time (laughs) costume I had a white fuzzy bear hat pale blue t-shirt dark blue jeans and a um the green backpack and and a the green the proper green backpack and a Jake the dog wrist warmer and I saw another lazy adventure time cosplayer and I just said, bro, and we fist bumped as we moved past each other. And that was great. And that's that's the sort of, that few seconds is very much a supernova feeling for me. Yeah. Someone that you don't know, that you've never met, that you can just have this moment in the crowd and then move on. Well, I, I, and that was, that was nice. I had a similar moment after you left. I was standing at the front talking to Dave Longo, actually, from Panels. Um, and I, I had my, my full Arthur Dent on with my dressing gown and my towel and everything. And somebody went, I said, hey, Arthur, look at you, you hoopy fruit. And as he kept walking, I pointed at him and said, I sassed that. Oh, yes. And he sort of looked at me with this massive grin on his face, not expecting to get that full reaction. Which yeah. people who haven't read the book won't really get it. Because, I mean, they drop those those lines in the TV series and the movie, but it's not really explained properly. Yeah. But yeah, he's like, look at you, you hoopy fruit. I'm like, I sass that. I sass that reference. Yep. Yeah. And that's, like, that's, that's a little bit of When someone calls you a hoopy fruit, then yeah. you know 
you know you're doing well. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I got recognised as Arthur a lot more at this con than I did when I did it last year at Super at um, I was Comic Con in, in September. Yeah, I'm just going to anecdote about the the train station. Oh, the train station. Yeah. JD and I are at the train station, and we're we're waiting for the train because we had missed the the previous one by Why? approximately two minutes. Why? Sorry again. <laughs> uh, Why would that happen, Rach? Because of who I am as a person. <laughs> yeah. I should have known better. Again, I've known you for 20 years. I should have known better than to rely on your sense of time. That's all right. We, we made it with, with plenty of time. We we're there. still there early. That's right. Um, but we're at the train station. JD says, can we record a quick intro before these people come over? Because they're going to think I'm some kind of weirdo. Because there were two young guys coming, neither of which even looked like fucking nerds. They just yeah. a pair of young guys going to get on a train. Yep. And so we do our, our recording and, you know, they come over. There's some discussion about the broken ticket machine. Which wasn't an issue anyway because it was free travel to the Olympic Park. Yep. And then one of them suddenly was like, Arthur Dent. <laughs> and we're like, Oh my god! Yep. These are not these are not guys. These, are, these are more nerds. And in the end, there was there ended up being a, a whole group of nerds at the train station, which is a, a far western Sydney suburban station. Yeah, an old dude in his Ghost Rider yeah. costume. He was cool. He was cool. I want to be that cool when I am that old. I want to be that cool now. It's never going to happen. <laughs> Actually, though, what I mean, I want to I want to be in my sixties talking about how I'm I'm building up the pieces from my cosplay. Well, when I'm in my sixties, I will be doing the Ian McKellen Magneto from the first X Men film. That's my that's my go to old man cosplay when I'm in my sixties. Look, you you do that, and I'll do Granny Goodness. I don't know what that is, but go for it. Oh, you don't know who Granny Goodness is? I got nothing. Google up. Okay, not now. Go and it in right now. I'll do it later. Um, ah. I, it, yes. Um, but no, that was... That's my overall thoughts of the day. There was some... Oh, the, the Billy West John DiMaggio panel. It's... Fuck, it was a lot more full than I thought it was going to be. They had like yeah. three rows of people standing at the back. Um, it got to about halfway through where Peter Ball, who was hosting, who I am acquainted with through doing other cons... Um, he more or less stopped asking questions or stopped trying to keep them on track because it basically became them riffing and doing their voices. Aww. Which, that's all you really want when you go to a panel with two voice artists on it. Yeah. I thought it was really funny, though. John DiMaggio didn't drop the Bender voice. He did every other, like, he did his Joker voice and everything. He did not do Bender till right at the very end of it. And I'm like, yeah, build up to it, son. It's not your first time doing that. Yeah, no. Because he was like saying something about whatever his reaction was. He's like, even if on three, you guys all said, we love you, Bender. One, two, three. Crowd chats, we love you, Bender. And then you just hear this, shut up, baby. I know it. <laughs> like, son, Bender. And he, he rattled off his Bender bit right at the very end. Like, yay. Because no. Billy West, because he sounds like Fry when he talks at the best of times. Oh, so that's like his, like close to his normal voice. It's close to his normal voice. You know how when you hear Seth MacFarlane talk, it's effectively Brian? Yeah. It's very much like that with Billy West. I mean, he's got a lot, 
Fry sounds dumber than Billy West does. Yep. But the actual the timbre and the sound and the pitch of his voice is very similar to his speaking voice. Like at one point, he was rattling off something, and then he's like, "And hey, baby Zoidberg's here. Why not?" Just out of nowhere. <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, oh Zoidberg. Oh, Why heaven. not Zoidberg?" Well, so my mate Cameron, who plays D and D with us, he posted a photo of the autograph he got from him today, and it's a photo of Zoidberg and Billy West written <laughs> to Cameron, "An autograph from Zoidberg. Why not?" No, an autograph nice. from Zoidberg. Why not? Question mark. Billy West. Um, yes, I had a chat with Tom Taylor. Um, late of Earth 2 and Injustice and current of Superior Iron Man, who has been interviewed umpteen million times over on panels and whatnot. And I was talking to him. He's also, um, his pet project, well, not a pet project, his baby is a franchise slash property he created called The Deep. There's two volumes of The Trade available. They're working on the prequel trade, which is awesome. It's about a family that live on a submarine. It's amazing. And there's an animated series coming, and I can actually now say with... 100% conviction that it will be dropping initially on Channel 7 at the end of this year, and then we'll from there move across to ABC3. Ooh. I'm excited as fuck. And, and hopefully hopefully the iView. It probably will be. Yeah. But yeah, because she said it's, it's, gonna, it's originally, its first run's going to be on Channel 7 at the end of the year, and then from yep. there, ABC will pick it up. Nice. So that, that's my con, exclusive of my con scoop. From from Mr. Tom Taylor. Then we had just had a chat about various other stuff. I did catch up with Craig Bruin, also creator guy from above. But there's an, I actually recorded an interview with him, so I'm going to drop that in at the end, along with the interview I did with Mary Amber, because you know it's Mary. You just can't not have her on the show. And I wanted to catch up with Vic Hampstead of Hazard Comics, and special shout out to Craig and Vic, who both know why, and. Unfortunately, Vic didn't actually turn up. I haven't told you this. You know how Vic was at work throughout the day, and he was supposed to come in at, I think it was about 3 or 4 o'clock, he was supposed to get there? Yeah. There was a there was an issue with the trains. Shocking, I know. And he wouldn't have made it till like, 6. Oh, no. So, in the end, he messaged his editor, who was manning the store for him at the time. And so, in the end, when I bought Volume 3 of Hazard, his, his comic, he'd already pre-signed a bunch of them. She's like, do you want one that he's already signed? And me and Craig from, from above were saying, they're like, no, we want you to sign it. You're the one selling it to us. So now I've got my volume three is signed by both author and editor. Nice. And that was Craig's. And Craig has signed my volume of, volume, my issue of volume seven of From Above. Because he's like, do you want me to sign it? And I was that tired. I'm like, I don't even care at this point. So he's written John D, question mark. No, Stan Lee, question mark. No, question mark. All right. And then he signed it. <laughs> it's like that is no. the longest thing I've ever signed <laughs> but yeah so I've got an interview with Craig I'll drop that in later um, as always cosplay was phenomenal to see some people put in way too much effort and some people put in not enough effort but you know what there's no such thing as either because if you're cosplaying you're doing it there's no less valid cosplay and no more valid cosplay despite what the elitist would have you think yeah I was thrilled to see a cardboard box robot I was going to go to the cardboard box robot I was that was going to be my mention, but yeah, he yeah. was like, you know what, go for it. Yeah, you know, there, there, there's just something so wonderful about somebody who has gone to simultaneously so much effort and also so little effort I to cosplay. It. Yeah, well, it's like I, I got it from a lot of people. Like, did you just get out of bed and come to the convention because I was wearing my Arthur Dent pajamas? And I was like, no, no, I showered, got changed out of the clothes I was into, 
got changed into my pyjamas. Yep. Because, um, again, after you'd left, I was walking through Artist Alley and um, a Scarlet Witch, like a comic Scarlet Witch in full, full version of that. She's looked at me, she's like, you must be the most comfortably dressed person in this building today. And I'm like, <laughs> very probably. <laughs> There'd be flannel jarby pants and my dressing gown. I yeah, think- and and it was the the right weather outside at least to be wearing a big thick um, dressing gown. Dressing gown. I was gonna say sleepy time coat. Sleepy time. Oh, sleepy time coat. That's even better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think probably the the best cosplay thing I saw just because it tickled me was when we were sitting watching. Um, we were watching a, a little seminar on making armor and things out of foam. Uh, yeah, he was really good. I, he he should have a YouTube channel, but apparently doesn't. Uh, we watched it, and from where we were sitting, I could see across to the cafe area where people were eating. And I looked across, and there was a couple that were cosplaying from Age of Ultron: The Vision and Scarlet Witch, and they were both sitting quietly eating, sitting on either side. Of a table, not not talking, just sitting there quietly, and it reminded me of the post credit scene from the first Avengers film. And it's like, well, buggy, you. you're not going to invite us for shawarma. We'll go out on our own. It's just, <laughs> I don't even think I said yep. that. I don't think I said that even as much to you at the time. That, that's why I thought it was so adorable. It's like, no, that's fine. Don't invite they us. Been eating shawarma. Yeah, <laughs> I did say that much. But it's like yeah, they were just sitting there. Well, we don't need your stupid Avengers. We'll just sit here on our own. That was probably the best thing I saw. Um, I'm trying to think of if I had any other thoughts other than, oh my God, I lost my shit. I'm standing at the front when I was talking to Longo because I talked to him out the front for ages. We should have recorded the conversation and we were going to, but by that point I was tired and over it. A man walks out of the building with a red baseball bat in his hand, points on his shoes and a metal skull cap looking thing. The guy was cosplaying Griff Tannen from Back to the Future 2. Now, we all know how much I love Back to the Future, almost as much as I love Ghostbusters. I was standing there, mid-sentence, I look across and I just shout, Griff! Barreled away from where I was standing with Longo. <laughs> Snagged a photo, I came back, I'm like, sorry Dave, I don't remember what I was talking about. He's like, I don't even care, that was gold. Yep. But yeah, that was, those are my two cosplay highlights of the day. Yeah, I, I think for me, the tiny people. All the little kids in costumes, just, I love it. I yeah. love seeing seeing the, the tiny, tiny, tiny people in their costumes. I saw a, a, a baby Princess Bubblegum. Yep. And uh, lots of little Batmans. Oh, I love the little, little Batmans. Little Ninja Turtles. Yep. And, yeah. Just so cute, so adorable. I love seeing next generation nerds in the making, yep. little nerdlings. Just, you know, makes me feel happy. <laughs> I, I, I managed to snag a selfie with the Baymax. Oh, yeah. I, I, I told, told my daughter when I got home that I got to meet Baymax and she asked me if we did a fist bump. <laughs> and I said no, because he was too far away. <laughs> yeah, no, I found him inside, and I snagged, I snagged a selfie with him. Didn't do the fist bump. I posted it to Instagram. In, I posted it to Instagram with the um, 
the hashtag was simply ba-la-la-la-la-la. I didn't caption it. I didn't do anything else. Just ba-la-la-la-la-la. Nice. All right. Yeah. I'm... But yeah, that, he, he looked great. Oh. I wanted to hug him, but... He was actually wearing an inflatable suit. My hurt and I'm an old lady. Yeah. And he was on the other side of a gate. Yes. But no, I found him inside the venue, so that was cool. Um, I think we're about done with Supernova Thoughts because we didn't meet any celebs. We didn't... I went to one panel. We just sort of did the wandery look at things day. Yeah. Which, you know, that's what I do at cons. People are like, are you going to go and meet any celebrities? I'm like, I'm not spending $35. Oh, my God, I didn't even segue into talking about Billy Bryan. <laughs> well, of course you didn't segue. No, well, I didn't even I didn't even do it. Um, I completely forgot that he was booked. Now, for those of you that don't know... He's a puppeteer, costume creator guy who created the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man and then subsequently wore the suit. I would have literally stood there and talked to him all day. I absolutely would have, and I nearly cried, and we had a chat, and then I had a chat with him again after you left, and he was just very accommodating and a lovely guy, and he has a similar stance on, on the new Ghostbusters film as I do. It's like, Why? But he actually told a really interesting story that um, the guy who's doing the work for the current the current film said, oh, look, come in and just have a bit of a tinker and give us a bit of a hand. And he sort of got there. He did some preliminary work. And then they're like, well, why am I doing any of this? Because all I can see are the contact points where the CG is going to go in. And I think he felt a bit sad about that. Yeah. And he was a really nice guy as well. Yeah. And, yeah. Seem to appreciate that there are still people who, you know, appreciate the use of, you know, scale models and, you know, puppeteering and, you know, all of that sort of thing. Because just because you can do it on a computer doesn't mean you have to. That's very much George Miller, Mad Max apocalyptic car chase. Yep. Because that was mostly done in practical. Yeah. But yeah, no, that was, I, yeah. I wasn't going to pay for an autograph from anyone. Then I'm like, how much for an autograph? He's like, 35. I'm like, shut up and take my money. Yep. I, I would have thrown a fistful of cash at that man. And then, funnily enough, I got the photo he signed was the overhead shot of the four Ghostbusters standing on the edge of the building with the camera shooting down at Stay, Mr. Stay Puft. And he then told the story that that's actually the only shot they did from above. And the suit itself actually had a gap between the top of the neck and his head so he could breathe. And the way it was usually shot from below wasn't a problem. But then shooting it down, they had to put in an extra bit of material so you couldn't see inside the suit. And he was the highlight of my day. Yep. I, I was like a little kid. I would have literally stood there and talked to him all day. And then you're like, come on, leave him alone. It's like, the only reason why I started to move us along was because a queue had formed behind us. Oh, is that what had happened? I didn't even yeah. notice. Yeah, you were, you were too far into the nerd zone to yeah. realise. Because there was nobody standing there when we walked up, so I just assumed that I was the only one in the building that cared. Yeah, and I was I was happy to to continue chatting with him for you know as long as there wasn't anything else he needed to do. But when there were some other people who were kind of milling around, trying not to look impatient, <laughs> I was like, right, I'm just gonna go on, go on, JD, got it, got to move on. Yep, come yep, on now, you yep, crazy that's, man. That's nice. Yes, I know you love him. You got to keep moving. And so it, that's what, that's why I moved you along, I'm not because you, I wanted to ruin all of your fun. And it was fun. I mean, I'm usually really conscious of that, 
Nah, I was in a zone. I was off nah. my own. No, nah, I yeah. was gone. You've gone full nerd boy. That, and I've never done it before. I've never gone that nerd boy with anyone before. I mean, Patrick Stewart made me cry, but I was still very conscious of the time I spent talking to him. Yeah. I think Peter Cullen, I would probably just stand there and just weep openly. You know, Peter Cullen, the original voice of Optimus Prime. Mm. But that would get me. Yeah. Right, well, our show that's supposed to go an hour has only gone an hour and a half, and I still haven't gotten to either of my interviews yet. So I'm going to call it, because I don't think there's much left that we can talk about. I do have one thing that I want to ask you. Go for because it. Because I think, I think maybe we should we should put, cover this in the podcast. So this year for Supernova, you didn't get a media pass. I did not. How was it being a punter? That's fucking shit. For one reason and one reason alone. Yeah? I didn't have access to that media room. The little media room, for those of you who... Most of you who won't know, there's a room above sort of where they do the signing area and where the stages are. And you just go up to say it's only, it's only a small room, probably the size of a standard school classroom. But it's a spot that only media can get into. There's PowerPoints, so you can charge shit, and that's where you do your interviews. And there's windows sort of that run the entire length of it. You can actually just watch all the cosplayers and all the people. And that's actually where I spend probably at least half of my Supernova experience for the last not this year, obviously, for the last two years, that's been my experience. And to not have that space, and to then, it's going to sound really horrible, to then have to face the crowd, it's it was a very jarring experience. Yeah. And, yeah, but that was my own fault for not following the actual application process and just emailing Lionel directly, because I assumed, because last year I just emailed him and said, hey, can I have media? And he said, yes. And this year when I said that, he's like, no, you didn't do the form. And I'm like, okay, that's fair enough. I didn't follow process. That's on me, but that's okay, because yep. we've got um, Oz Comic Con coming up in September, and those fun things, and Supernova next year, I will do the form, and I think the other reason is because I usually get coverage for the wilderness, and because me and Fez haven't done a podcast ever, it feels like at this point. <laughs> um, it feels like a couple of years now. It's late last year was the last one. Um Lionel probably had a look at the podcast feed and went, well, if they're not releasing things regularly, why should I give them that access? And because we'd yeah. only literally just started doing Nerd Corner regularly on Geek Actually, at the time we only had like 60-something Twitter followers. And I think at the time, because of that transition was happening then, was probably another contributing factor. And you know what? That's quite all right. I don't begrudge Lionel or Supernova not giving me the media access because I, I don't just assume that I deserve it. I always appreciate when they give it to me. Yeah. Um... But I think because of that transition, because there hadn't been a wilderness for, at the time, six months, and Nerd Corner, we've only done sort of six, seven episodes, and we had so few followers and such a small presence at the time, I think that's probably what contributed to the denial. And again, that's okay. Because the only thing, I was desperate to interview Willa Holland, Thea Queen from Arrow. But yeah. Thea, Thea pulled out, so that was okay. I mean, I would have liked to have, I usually get at least one decent, not decent interview, one celebrity, so to speak, interview at a Supernova, because last year I think the only one I ended up getting was Grant Imahara from Mythbusters, because I was too hungover to wait for Jamie Bamber on the Saturday. <laughs> oh, no, I was hungover as shit last year, and it, and you can tell in the podcast. Um, yeah, because I, um, I was supposed to interview um, Katie Cassidy from Arrow last year, yeah. but there was an incident with a fan in her line, 
And she said, look, I'm not doing any media. I'm too rattled from this. Not anything yeah. the fan had done to her. Um, the fan had, as an older guy, he'd had a heart attack and collapsed in front of her. Oh, God. Oh, heart attack, heat stroke or something. Fan had collapsed and it had to be medical attention. And poor old Katie was com- apparently completely rattled by it. And yeah. they made the call, no media, you're not going to have to do anything. Which, again, shame we didn't get to talk to what is now the Black Canary. Fucking but crying, it's shame. fairly understandable. It's absolutely understandable. And I don't expect to get any of the special treatment that I've been given. But it was different not having it. Yeah. I mean, for various reasons, I still got to skip all the cues, and that's great. But, yeah. It wasn't so great. Not Mostly for the lack of media room and the spot to go and hide. Yep. Yeah, and I, I at one point, as, as you mentioned, just said, I can't deal with all these people. I'm going to sit outside for a while. Yeah. And that's what I have done the last couple of years. I've gone, you know what? I'm not dealing with any of these people. I'm going upstairs for a bit. Yep. And, um, yeah. So where can people find you, Rach, if they want to see what you're doing? Are you even um, cre- are you even being creative at the moment? Right. I'm not being terribly creative at the moment. Um, I mentioned in passing the 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 exams and the studying, and I'm finished with that, um, back to uni in August. But people can find me at Rachel Soma, R-I-C-H-E-L-S-O-M-A, on Twitter. And, yeah, that's pretty much the, that, the best that, place to, to find me at the that's moment. Where you're at. I have one of everything, and usually with the same name, but I don't tend to update them very much. No. You know, two parents, so, two, yeah. two, two kids, uni degree. It makes it difficult. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, Xbox Live, Pinterest, Facebook, uh, all of those things, um, they all exist. You're there, but, yeah, but you're not Twitter, really there. Twitter is the way to go. Uh, fair enough. Well, before I segue into just dropping in our interviews, you can, as always, find us at, fuck, wherever are we? At NerdCornerAU on the Twitter nerdcornerau at gmail.com and I'm fuck what even is my Twitter handle jdizzle1701 is where you can find me but I, I, I'm i shocker I will tweet every 10 minutes for a week and then I'll do nothing for a fortnight fucking shocking but yeah alright so on that note I'm going to drop in some interviews and such and hopefully we were supposed to talk to Vic Hampstead from Hazard but he couldn't attend, and then I didn't go today. So hopefully we'll get an interview with Vic in the next couple of weeks, and I'll splice that in. But until that time, we still don't have a proper outro. Stay nerdy. Yeah, that'll work. All right, ladies and gentlemen, still sitting here at Supernova. Now we are here with the man himself, Mr. Craig Bruin, the owner, creator, originator, artist, producer, director, distributor, caterer, and anything else you can think of for the From Above series. Welcome back, my friend. <laughs> That's quite an intro. Uh, thanks for having me. <laughs> Not a problem. Now, last time we talked was 12 months ago or two years ago, 12 months ago, when we were in Melbourne, and I think issue four had just dropped, if I recall, and since then, five, six, and seven, and the trade have dropped. How have you found the interest has picked up since, since 12 months ago? Yeah, it's been good. Um, ad- admittedly, uh, Melbourne Odds Comic Con last year has been a hard convention to top because it was such a great convention. But um, the the trade seems to seems to be going really well this weekend. Um, one of the things that's made us really excited is the uh, the readership we seem to have retained over over the last year or so. So that's um, that's really good to see the same faces coming back for the books. Uh, it's been really good. No, that's awesome. So when when's the animated series going to hit? <laughs> 
Oh, I wish. I wish. No, don't we all? That's just me, me making some jokes. So, what's been some highlights of your weekend so far, even though it's only Saturday afternoon? Oh, look, I, I think the, the biggest thing with, with any of these conventions is the, the chance to, to actually, you know, just soak in the atmosphere, check out some of the amazing stuff that's going on and, and, and also get to talk to people about, about the book, like people that have been reading the book and hear their thoughts and what they like and what they're looking forward to. It's, uh, that sort of stuff, is uh, that's, that's why we do conventions. Because this is the first time you've done Sydney Supernova, isn't it? Yeah, so last year we did uh, we did all the Oz Comic Cons, and this year we decided we'd, we'd switch it up and we, we'd see what um, Supernova was like. So we've done Melbourne and now Sydney this year. So yeah, first Supernova. How have you found the difference between the sets of fans that come across at both? Well, I think that's been the biggest surprise for me. Uh, there's obviously quite a significantly different uh, set of fans at each at, at between Oz Comic Con and Supernova. That really stood out to us at Melbourne with our first one. We we all of a sudden picked up a whole heap of, of new readers with issue one, which we which really caught us by surprise. So obviously there is a, a fairly distinct fan base for the two conventions, and uh, whilst there is some element of crossover, they're obviously a bit fairly diverse in their own right as well. No, that's really cool. And um, obviously there's been enough success and you were telling me earlier that you've actually been invited as a guest to Oz Comic Con now. Yeah, uh, we, were, we were really lucky. Um, well, un- unfortunately, uh, Mark Sexton had to, had to pull out for uh, deadline issues uh, coming up with uh, Oz Comic Con Melbourne next week. Uh, what's actually happened is we've got him tied up in our basement. Um, <laughs> and once the convention's over, we'll let him out. But yeah, look, that, that, was, that was a really uh, lucky opportunity that came, out, uh, came up. And I'm really grateful for uh, Oz Comic Con for thinking of me. Excellent. So as we say, the trade's just dropped and issue 7 is not long just out. What's what's coming up next? Anything exciting in the future of the world or from above other than the animated series that I joked about? Yeah, well, we get a few things on, on the boil. Uh, obviously, we've got issue 8 coming coming out. It's At this stage, it's probably looking at about October. Um, it's a it's going to be a full-colour standalone issue. Yeah, right. Uh, so it's going to take a little bit of a different tact for, for one issue just to, just to mix it up and throw in something different. Hopefully, people will enjoy it. Um, and also, I've got a, another book project that I'm working on with Ryan K. Lindsay uh, that uh, hopefully be able to tease something fairly soon. But it's a it's a pretty exciting book project that we're working on, and we're about we're about 90% of the way through the inks at the moment, and then obviously colouring and lettering to be done after that. But uh, yeah, stay tuned for that one as well. Well, you heard that one here. I'm assuming first. <laughs> so, um, what's been what the major differences? Have you gone back and sort of George Lucas up? fixing things from the, the single issues to the trade. Yeah, look, I, I, I really can't help myself. Every time I have to reformat issue issue one for anything, I end up going back and uh, and changing it, whether it be for uh, second edition print or comicsology release and now the trade. Um, unfortunately, uh, it's one of those things you look back and there's always things that you would have liked to have improved or completely redraw. Uh, and that's the case with the trade as well too. All, all pretty much all of the pages have got a like a slight tweak or an overhaul. Um, still, obviously, an evolutionary process. Art's never exactly where you want it to be, but uh, each iteration just gets a little bit better. Excellent. So we'll probably wrap it up there because I'm iron off your chips. So I'm going to go and get a feed. So where where can our listeners find you, sir? Uh, 
well for this weekend. Obviously, they can find me uh, in Artis Alley at uh, at Supernova. But I'm assuming by the time uh, by the time this airs, uh, they might have to look a bit harder. But um, yeah, I'm good, but I'm not that good. Yeah. Um, so, well, whenever they are listening to this down the track, uh, if they're looking for the book, they can find it on Facebook from Above Comic, and uh, also the books in most stores around the country, as well as being on Comicsology. And you're on Twitter at From Above Comic, isn't it? That is correct, from above point. Excellent, and there's Instagram that's very similar and you're always posting all sorts of fun stuff. And yeah, Excellent. Well, thank you once again for joining me, my friend. A pleasure always, as always. Thanks for having me. And good luck with everything in the future. Hey, yeah, I'm Mary Amber. I am Lasers, Kazoos and Ninja Star World Domination in music. That's a much better intro than I was possibly going to give her. So clearly we're sitting here with friend of the network, Mary Amber, who I completely forgot was here, and she's very blue today. Yay! And not in a sad way, in a very colourful way. Yes, I've always found it weird that blue was the sad colour. Anyway, how's your day been? What's what's the exciting things to report so far? Well, basically, there's a bazillion incredible cosplays that have come around. Things that light up, make sounds, that you know, wings that flap, and all sorts of incredible things, blow up things. Just people that look cool in general. Um, been selling my music, which has been great. So meeting lots of people that are into geek music, which is so good. Well, you're in the right place for it. Yes. This is the place for it, I think. <laughs> it really is. Look, this is probably going to be a really short interview because I'm tired as all hell and I'm going home. But it was, I just needed to get you on the show. So tell us a little bit more because our listeners may not know what you actually do other than the lasers because now they know about the lasers. So plug your stuff and we'll talk about some of your songs and we'll talk about your, your bubbles that are coming up. And Yay! so <laughs> Bubble sounds exciting and I got in trouble for not coming. Yeah, I'm a geek pop musician, so I basically do pop music for dweebs. And that, that involves... Dweebs, Barry. Dweebs is a wonderful, fond word. I'm a geek, and I'm proud of it, and I think everyone that's a geek should be. We are going to take over the world eventually, so you know what I mean. One, st- one step at a time. Mm-mm. So I, I guess songs about like things, Superman, boobs, kudos, a song written entirely out of YouTube references... Uh, some of us and then nothing's in your way the ninja song that's my EP so I do like the ninja song I like the ninja song too it's got a remix now oh really yeah it's really exciting it's a dubstep remix yeah. oh I'm scared Dub- no dubstep <laughs> dubstep does my absolute head in oh yeah you have to hear it because this one's particularly cool I have to admit oh well because it's a song of yours I'll definitely listen to Yay! it <laughs> alright so tell us about your bubbles event that's coming up so there's a magic pixels bubbles oh event oh my god there's an Ewok behind you oh Hey, Ewok friend. Oh, and, and, and Wookiee. Hey, Wookiee friend. Hiya. <laughs> the Wookiee did the noise. Have you seen the eight-foot Chewbacca that's getting around? No, I have not. There is an eight-foot Wookiee somewhere. Anyway, that's not about you. No. <laughs> well, we were, sorry, I got distracted by... It was, should have been something shiny, but it wasn't. No, but it's it, kind of shiny. But it proved your point about the cosplays. Yes. Uh, bubbles. Oh, yes, back to the event. Back, back to what we were talking about. <laughs> Magic Pixels Bubbles is the name of the event, and it's got... Everything from geek music to a magician. It's being hosted by the guys from behind the panels, so it'd be hilarious. Then there's um, indie comic art, there's zines, board games, and there's also going to be a bubble machine, which is why it's called Magic Pixels Bubbles. So we'll be able to play around with the bubble machine. If you come in cosplay, you get free stuff. Free bubbles? You never know. I'm not going to say what the free gift is. Oh, we'll spoilers. But um, it's Friday, July 17th at Chippendale Hotel. Super easy to get to. It's literally a five-minute walk from both Redfern and Central. If you know that building that grows trees on it or leaves on it in um, that 
Broadway area, Central Park, then it's just literally around the corner from there. So if you are a Sydney person and you're a geek, you should be there. And if you're listening to this after July of 2015, unfortunately missed out, but there'll be another one at some point. Yes, I'm hoping to make this a series, so come along, support the indie geek scene, and hopefully it will grow and become something beautiful and fabulous. And where can, where can all our listeners find all of your wares? Well, m- my name is spelt really retarded. It's Mary, but <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it's true. It's spelled M-E-R-I, Mary, M-E-R-I, Amber, A-M-B-E-R. And well, if at least you, that's spelled normally. Yeah. If you Google that, it's kind of the only thing that comes up. But the best place is maryamber.com, M-E-R-I-A-M-B-E-R.com. You can play Block Breaker in the header of my website, which is Mad Dog. And I'm sorry, I'm just complimenting my own website. No, go for it. That's fine. <laughs> I didn't make we're, it. We're all about self-aggrandizing here in Nerd Corner. I didn't make the website, so I'm not really complimenting myself with that one. But Patrick, who made my site, did an awesome job. So, so well done, Patrick. Yeah, yeah. That's what we get to by the end of this. It's basically well done, Patrick. It's the yeah. crux. Of, it's the crux of what we're doing here. Yes. Because it's oh been a long. It, it's been a long day for all of you. Good hustle team. Um, I'm sorry I didn't have more prepared, and I'm not more coherent. No, you're perfectly coherent. It makes a nice change for this show. A little bit distracted by the cosplays. That's all. See the yeah. vision and the Scarlet Witch behind us. They're pretty damn sick. And the Rapunzel from Tangled. We're just going to stand here and say what cosplays we can see for the rest of the day. Actually, no, that's not true. I'm going home. So, Mary Emma, thank you so much for joining us on the show and for everything you do. Thank you for coming around and saying hi. That's all right. And recognising me as a TARDIS. (laughs) You're wearing a blue dress that says police box on us. I don't have a lot of choice. Well, you could have, like, a lot of people came up and didn't know it was me and they were like, huh? You're the one that's singing? I'm like, yeah. Also, I didn't didn't even twig you were here and Rachel that was with me earlier was like, get up here. It's Mary. I'm like, oh, Oh my god, it's Mary Amber. <laughs> That's brilliant. Alright, I'm gonna go home. So thank you for everything and I will record the rest of this, so good luck to that future me.